We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. Free agency day one is coming and gone to the Lakers. Boy, were they busy. We're going to break it all down, plus get into what to expect from here for the Lakers. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Sean Davis. Find him at Sean underscore D-A-V-I. Sean, I'm exhausted, but God, I love this. This is such a great, great time of year. So many possibilities, so much potential, so much news flying around. This is an absolute blast, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with what the Lakers have done in free agency. Oh, yeah, I am too. And um, I feel like the opposite right now because I haven't talked about any of this stuff all day. So I'm like the 10-year-old kid that just got a new PS5 or something. They can't wait to to have fun. Um, but no, all serious, man. I love what the Lakers did today. I can't wait to dive into it. Well, you can, uh, you can carry me on this show then because this is like my eighth straight hour or something of <laughs> podcasting slash streaming slash recording slash You're whatever. You're just live on front office show, right? Like yeah, that's that's ago. all that's all I've been doing all day. Uh, which again is great. We knew it was gonna happen. Um, but uh yeah, you can carry me on this show. So I guess let's just start from the beginning. The first thing that we heard the Lakers did, and this was shortly after free agency started, was they went and they landed Torian Prince. And after a few tense moments, it was probably like 20 minutes or so of waiting to find out whether or not this was a mid-level exception deal, this was a biannual exception deal. We found out it's a biannual exception deal, which was critical because that meant it preserved the mid-level exception for them to use on another player. Torian Prince, uh, wing, can shoot the three a little bit, switchy defensively. Sean, I was really pleased to see this. I, I was shocked Minnesota let him go. They had some cap reasons why they did that, and the Lakers weren't able to capitalize. So I don't know about you, but... I think $4.5 million for Torian Prince is a bargain. Oh, my God. Impeccable value. Um, every year in his career, except for two, he shot at least 35% from three. Every single year uh, throughout his career, except for three seasons now, he's shot at least 37% from three. And really, the 37% year, I, you round up, you get to 38%. Like, he's a good three-point shooter. I don't have like, any advanced data on him right now, but... A good three-point shooter, good defender. I don't know how they did that. I, it made sense, like, the one-year part. Like, okay, cool. No way you're going to lock him up uh, longer than that on, on that kind of money. Um, but, yeah, I, I honestly thought at first when the first deal happened, when the deal got announced, mm -hmm. 
that was going to be a part of the full metal level. Yeah. That's what I thought it was. Um, Th- that was my concern as well, was that that was what it's going to be. So I, it was a pleasant surprise to see him at $4.5 million. And this gives you a switchy wing player. Now, I- ironically, it turns out the Wolves went and signed Troy Brown for <laughs> for about $4 million, two-year, $8 million deal. Um, if I had to pick, I-, I like Troy Brown probably better than most people. Most people saw what he did in the playoffs, and they are, have just forgotten what he did in the regular season. Uh, even so, I would prefer Torian Prince. If I got to pick one of those two guys, I'm taking Torian Prince. So I yep. think the Lakers get the better of that exchange. If we want to look at it as though the Lakers just swapped Torian Prince for Troy Brown with the Wolves, uh, give me Torian Prince. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I didn't know the, for, I guess I missed the value on that Troy Brown contract. So congrats to him for getting a better contract uh, or money wise, at least for him in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So, but for sure, Torian Prince, I think he's just a better player and, the bargain of a contract you got him on is really uh, exciting. All right. And that's when the big news came out. This was the shocker, the one that we were not expecting. Now I had heard earlier in the day, kind of like pay attention to this guy a little bit, but um, we certainly didn't have a strong indication that the Lakers were going to get Gabe Vincent. This was the, the, oh, wow moment, right? When it came across the timeline, I, I say, oh, wow, but reality is four letter words were used. Um, was not expecting, was not expecting that. And so the Lakers were able to get Gabe Vincent away from the Miami Heat. Miami reportedly would only offer him a four-year deal at $8 million per season. The Lakers offer him a three-year deal at $11 million per season. $33 million total deal for Gabe Vincent. This will be the mid-level exception. This will take up most of the mid-level. Um, what, did, what are the Lakers getting here in Gabe Vincent? Yeah, so this is going to be, I'm going to use this as a precursor to a separate video I have specific, uh, specifically excuse me, on Gabe Vincent. They'll be on the channel soon, but I think you're getting, really what, when I think about Gabe Vincent, I just think of a very winning player that just makes consistently winning plays coming from the Miami Heat system, obviously, that shooting-wise, you probably want more of a 2021-22 version of Gabe Vincent albeit you could probably say that about the entire Miami Heat team, which is why they struggled a ton this season. Mm-hmm. But in that uh, season where they were the number one seed, so two seasons ago now, look at some of the advanced analytics. He had an A, like great in terms of three-point shot making, A, three-point shot creation, A, uh, catch and shoot three-point shot making. Like he's a good three-point shooter for the most part. Um, has some pull-up jump, uh, jumper ability as well from the mid-range area. Ran the ball, uh, ran ball screen offense effectively and efficiently in the playoffs, especially when Tyler Hero went out. I think Tyler, you never want to see an injury happen, but Tyler Hero going down, going down, plus Kyle Lowry just not being the same player, forcing those extra reps on a Gabe Vincent in the playoffs, I think really improved his value. Mm-hmm. And then obviously a, a really, really good point of attack defender. I think Dennis is still better defensively, but still a good point of attack defender that I think fits the mold of what Rob Polinka was talking about uh, in the introductory presser for the rookies that, look, we want defensive, selfless, excuse me, uh, guys that can come in and compete and ultimate competitor. You have to be to play in Miami. So I'm stoked for this one, Trevor. Yeah, I mean, that's what the Lakers said they wanted, right? Three things. Tough, selfless, defensive-minded. Check, 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 right? Uh, on both Torian Prince and, and Gabe Vincent. Um, not to say Gabe Vincent is the best defensive player out there, but he gives you that defensive tenacity that you're certainly looking for. And 
when I look at this contract value compared to his peers, I look at what, say, Kobe White got. I look at what Dennis Schroeder got. I look at uh, what some of the other guards around the NBA are getting. I think the Lakers did very well here. I, I think it's striking that Dennis Schroeder actually got more money on a per-season basis from the Toronto Raptors than Gabe Vincent did. I think, and I like Dennis Schroeder a lot. Again, kind of like Troy Brown. I like Dennis Schroeder probably more than most people do. I would pick Gabe Vincent over Dennis Schroeder, and the Lakers got uh, Gabe Vincent at a lesser price. And not only that, but this fits a theme for the Lakers beyond just the you know tough defense, you know that sort of thing. It's also a younger player, a guy in his mid twenties. He's twenty seven. The Lakers have been targeting guys in their mid twenties. We saw it at the trade deadline: Rui Hachimura, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, right? Mobamba. These are all all guys that are in their mid twenties. They're not going to get in that guy that's thirty four and hey, he's got one more year on his contract or whatever, uh, and then he's probably going to be out of the league. They're going and getting guys in their mid twenties that can be part of the future potentially. So. When I look at this deal for Gabe Vincent, it makes sense in that regard as well. He's still going to be in his prime at the end of that contract, which should bode well for his well his production, for one thing, but also potentially for his tradeability moving forward should the Lakers need to go down that road. Yeah, a couple of quick uh, pieces of data I just found. Uh, shout out to Synergy. Uh, Gabe Vincent in the playoffs, 42% catch and shoot threes. Uh, going on to my ball screen point that I mentioned, when he had a ball screen in general, whether it's a pass out or him finishing the play via scoring possession, uh, the Heat offense, so again, pass out from Gabe Vincent or him scoring 1.056 points per possession, which mm-hmm. would be in the 65th percentile in terms of points per possession in the playoffs. And then the defense committed, which how Synergy like identifies that is super, super weird. But this number goes up to 1.152 points per possession in the 89th percentile. So in the playoffs, super efficient ball screen guy, which is super important in the playoffs. And then um, good defender, still probably a bit of a downgrade from Dennis, but really, really good three-point shooter in the playoffs, which I think does matter. Not a great rim finisher. I believe he only shot like 50% at the rim. Not super explosive at the rim either. Yeah, let me see. Yep. No, even worse. 42.9% the rim. Okay. Yep. <laughs> That's awful. But um, otherwise, makes a lot of the right plays when he's a winner. And I, I think the Lakers need those type of players. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, he's also very good uh, as, a, as a catch and shoot guy, which uh, you may have mentioned yeah. that there. Um, but uh, we've been... We, I, I'm still answering a bunch of Twitter questions as we're recording this because everybody wants to know about what the Lakers can do from here, which we're going to get into on this show. Um, all right, so Gabe Vincent, solid spot-up shooter for the Lakers, replaces Dennis Schroeder in this rotation. We're going to get to D'Lo because obviously that's going to connect to this. We're going to get to Austin. All of that's coming in just a moment. But let's finish out the moves that the Lakers made. Uh, Rui Hachimura brought back in. Three-year, $51 million deal for Rui. Now, he is a restricted free agent or would be, but uh, rather than go through the whole process of Rui trying to go out there and find an offer from another team and then the Lakers match and all that, the Lakers were able to to come to terms with Rui on a new contract. Now, Rui had reportedly turned down a three-year deal that would have paid him about $15 million per season with the Wizards before he got sent to the Lakers. That was last season. Um, And so this makes sense that the Lakers were able to kind of get that sweet spot, give him a little bit more than that, and now they're able to retain him again. A guy in his mid-20s, 
six eight seven two seven three wingspan played very well i'm not expecting that playoff efficiency to stick around shot like 60 percent from three in the playoffs that's not going to happen but still big physical strong guy um, can do a lot at the power forward position can play a little bit of small forward as well great mid-range game He's a fit for the Lakers. I liked what we saw out of him last season, and this is nice to see the Lakers taking care of him, and now they'll have him under contract for the next three years. Again, like Gabe Vincent, a very tradable deal should you come to that, but I also think a deal in which he represents a really good value for the Lakers. Yeah, and I think the Lakers are honoring what they said at the presser, and I think we believed it then Mm -hmm. in terms of we're going to run it back with the core seven. We'll talk about the other two, I guess, in a sec. Um, and make minor moves around the uh, around the margins. And, you know, we talked about Torian Prince. We talked about Gabe Vincent. There's a camera I should uh, mention as well. But I, I think bringing back Ruby was a must. He makes a ton of sense. I really liked how he improved defensively throughout mm-hmm. his year with the Lakers, where I thought he was a negative on that end. I think by the end of the year, at worst, he was neutral defensively. Um, for the Lakers, I think it, in some cases, maybe even that Denver series, I think you could argue was a positive for you defensively. Um, so just continue to see his development in the Lakers uniform is going to be a ton of fun to watch. Yeah, I, I like the contract personally. Yeah, I think it's just fine. And lastly, it happened finally, years in the making. Cam Reddish is a Laker, gets a two year deal, second year is a player option, but it, it will be a minimum contract. So it's whatever. This is this is the Damian Jones contract for this year. Um, I'll say this. Cam Reddish is more name than game at this point. Uh, he was at one point was a lottery pick. And that shine has just never really completely been diminished on him or never completely gone away. There's still a lot of people that hear the name Cam Reddish and they go, oh, ooh, tons of potential. Maybe, maybe, but he hasn't done anything really in the NBA that makes you think, this guy's going to be really good. This guy's going to be something. This guy's somebody to be excited about. Nonetheless, he is still young. He's 23, going to be 24. So still plenty young enough. Maybe this time in a new opportunity, things will click for him. But so far, didn't work in New York. Didn't really work that well in Portland. And now here he is joining the Lakers. I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I hope it works out just great. We've seen situations like this work out for the Lakers. We just saw it with Troy Brown, right? Who is not... Yeah, Malik Monk, the Lakers have had success with these types of guys. So again, I'm not pessimistic on this. All I want to make sure is that we don't have an overinflated idea of what Cam Reddish should be on this team. Um, I think he can be an intriguing talent still, but let's keep the expectations nice and low. And if he winds up turning into a rotation player, great. Let's celebrate that. If not, that's kind of what we're expecting going in, that he'll be more of a fringe guy. I think right now, and I don't know if we're going to get to this, but right now I think Max Christie is, is over him in my rotation. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Um, Max Christie has already put on the proverbial 15 pounds of muscle before Summer League. I can't wait to see him out there. That's going to be so um, Yeah, he looks he looks fantastic. And then I, I think Cam Reddish, though, is more of a three, and, and Max is more of a two. So I don't even know they'll be directly competing for minutes. Hmm. But – and the other thing to keep in mind is I love the way the Lakers sort of hedged on this, right? Because you look at, at Cam Reddish and you think, okay, 
look, this is this isn't even a second draft guy, right? Where a guy just doesn't click with the team that drafted them, and so then you go get them, and maybe you see if you can get them to to pop on, on your team. No, he's been on three other teams at this point. So, but nonetheless, the Lakers, knowing that they need consistency, they already went and got Torian Prince, who's going to play the same position, same role, and Torian Prince. He's an adult in the room. He's 29 years old. He's somehow been, 29. It, it's somehow 20, 29 years old. Um, and he's he's not like 29 about to turn 30. He's he's just barely 29 years old. He's been in the NBA since the 2016-2017 season. He's a pros pro. He's a veteran. And so you know you're going to have that consistent performance out of Torian Prince already. So if Cam Reddish, it turns out that it's just still not working. It's not clicking. You're not throwing your arms up going, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We don't have a wing anymore. No, the Lakers covered themselves already. They yeah. went and got Cam and they went and got Torian Prince to be that guy. And that way, if if Cam Reddish pops, if things click on the Lakers, fantastic. That's the icing on the cake. But you already got the role covered with Torian Prince. Yeah. And we talked about this after the draft. And I think we're starting to see it a little bit more. Maybe not with the Gabe Vincent signing necessarily, but uh, I need to see something by him right quick. But for the most part with the Lakers offseason, I think we talked about this on the draft, how much they seem to really care about positional versatility throughout yes. this offseason. JHS, one slash two. I guess Gabe could play some one and the two. Austin, honestly, one through three. Like, he's a smaller three, but I think he could do it. Max, two or three. Cam Rush, two, three. Torian Prince, three or four. Braun, three, four. Vando, three, four. Rui. I saw Rui at the five, so I'm not sure I want to see that next year, but <laughs> technically Rui, three through five. Like there is a ton of just positional versatility and just versatility in general. And I, it's really encouraging to see that the Lakers are going this route this offseason because that's what wins. Maybe not the positional versatility part all the time, but just having dudes that can do a bunch of everything. Like Gabe Vincent can do a bunch of everything at an all right level. Uh, Torian Prince, a 3 and D wing. It's actually a good 3 and D wing for the most part. And he got him for a biannual exception. Like Cam Reddish, the, that's the more so the positional versatility part. But still, technically, there's some upside there that, like Trevor mentioned, if he doesn't pan out, oh, well, I guess. Like, it's not the worst thing in the world because you have LeBron who's going to eat those minutes. I think Max Christie would still eat some of those minutes. Uh, Rui, Bando, Antoria Prince. Like, there are five other dudes that if uh, Cam Reddish doesn't play well, you're like, okay, cool. Let's just add, you know, allocate those minutes, reallocate those minutes to one of these other guys. So I really like how this roster is building out. There's rumors, I forget, might have been Yovan that said they really still are in touch with Malik Beasley. And yes. if that, that was Jake Fisher earlier today, Fisher. said the Lakers actually had discussions uh, as we're recording this this evening, but as most of you are listening to this last night uh about bringing back Malik Beasley who they still have bird rights on but because of that hard cap at 172 million depending on what Delo gets and we'll look at these numbers in a minute bringing back Beasley seems uh problematic it, it's it's not going to be easy unless D'Angelo Russell gets like I don't know 15 million or something like that then maybe yeah. that opens up the possibility yeah but I guess to just wrap it up there I love the route the Lakers have gone so far 
You need another big. I think that's the massive or the big elephant in the room there, pun intended. Um, but I, I, I like where we're going so far, especially up to day one. Um, something interesting, Jovan just published a piece, and in it he mentioned that Darvin Ham was one of the I voices that. that is that was very much in the in favor of keeping Dennis Schroeder um, and retaining Schroeder, but ultimately decided to go to Vincent because they saw him as the better player and the better value. Not a surprise. I mean, then we all knew Dennis Schroeder was, was Darvin Ham's guy, but just more confirmation there. Cause I agree. I think, I think Vincent is the better player and the better value, but um, look, I, I liked what Dennis brought and it's, it's on brand that, that Darvin was the guy that was fighting to get Dennis Schroeder back. <laughs> Shout out to Yovan, but he said Darwin up a failure with that one. <laughs> oh, man. It's funny. It's funny. Um, okay. So what do they do from here? So let's talk about what's next. Um, after adding those guys, Austin Reeves. A lot of Lakers fans are kind of not panicking, but a little nervous. Why? What's going on? Rui signed. Where's Austin? Nothing out of the ordinary is happening right now. This is all completely to be expected. What's going to happen is that Austin is going to wait and see what happens with San Antonio. The Spurs are the team to watch to potentially sign him to a big offer, at which point the Lakers could match that offer. Now, they can't actually put pen to paper until July 6th. So it could be a few more. It could be till the 7th or so till the Lakers actually match the offer. But nonetheless, um, the, the Austin Reeves situation, he's not leaving. Uh, I don't see Austin leaving the Lakers at all. The Lakers offer isn't going to change. Right, it's going to be four years, fifty-four million. That's the most the Lakers can offer. The Spurs could offer up to a hundred million. So if you're Austin, and the Spurs still have cap space, you might as well just wait, because you never know. What if the Spurs say, "Hey, Austin, we'll give you four years, a hundred million. Cool, you just doubled your money just for waiting a few days, and you know the Lakers' offer again is not going to change." Now, if the Spurs burn their cap space, then yeah, Austin probably just goes and takes the Lakers' offer, and off they go, and we probably see a three plus one. Three years with a fourth year as a player option, and that's and that's what they do. And that would certainly be the preference for the Lakers, but obviously for Austin, um, he would prefer to get more money because that's what people would prefer to do. Um, lastly, important to note, regardless, doesn't matter if Austin signs directly with the Lakers or if he signs with San Antonio and then the Lakers match, the first two years on the deal will be the same. The difference is if he signs with San Antonio, then the final two years on the deal, years three and four, will have this massive increase, even though the first two years of the contract would stay the same. And that's part of the Gilbert Arenas provision. So Austin still on track to remain with the Lakers. I'm not expecting anything to change there, but um, we were not, we weren't anticipating him to sign day one. I would be surprised if he signed day two. We're going to let this play out, see what happens. And then Austin will, will still wind up with the Lakers. It just may take a few days to, sift through everything yeah i'm not i'm not worried at all yet about austin again it this is the logical thing to do for honestly all parties involved at least mm -hmm. from austin's camp him himself the spurs even to see if, how the market pans out and if they want to throw austin the that contract knowing that it is very likely impossible lakers will match that um and yeah like the lakers like you said can offer what 54 million dollars if i'm austin reeves Mm -hmm. Call it selfish or not, I can get a hundred million dollars. Yeah, let, let, let me wait this out a little bit, and right. especially if it's like we're admitting, I think we all know 
it's very likely, regardless of what that number is, LA is going to match it anyway. So you're telling me that I can get more money by waiting and still end up in the same uh, landing spot that I probably want to be in anyway? Yeah, I'm going to wait two, three days or whatever, or whatever it is, right? Like, I don't know, man. I'm not worried about it yet. It makes complete and total sense for Austin to, to wait to see what's the – and maximize basically how much money he can make. It makes complete mm-hmm. sense. All right, and then uh, D'Angelo Russell. So hmm. – D'Lo, kind of similar situation, except D'Lo is actually an unrestricted free agent. So Russell could sign with any team, and that's just it. He's he's gone. There's not a lot of teams that make sense, though. Is he really a Spurs guy? Probably not. Uh, is he, I mean, the Spurs could sign him just to kind of mess with the Lakers if they wanted to, or maybe they really like him. But they also signed Trey Jones. So they seem to be pretty committed there. The Rockets just committed a bunch of money to Fred Van Vliet like $130 million to Fred Van Bleet. So I don't think they're going, even though they do have cap space, I don't think they're going to sign D'Angelo Russell. So the landing spots for D'Angelo Russell are pretty thin. He could wait around and see if there's a mid-level exception offer that he would like to take, but the Lakers can also offer him significantly more than that. So all signs are pointing towards D'Angelo Russell needing the Lakers, really, more than anything else. D'Angelo Russell needs to strike a deal with the Lakers. They're the team that can pay him more then these other teams can. The teams that can pay him more probably aren't interested in signing him. Um, from the Lakers' side, I think they actually need D'Angelo Russell. Look at this. I mean, you're not going to replace him. There's not a lot of guards out there on the market. Sure, you can say the Lakers just signed Gabe Vincent. You can replace him with him. But if D'Angelo Russell, a player of his caliber, walks away, there's nobody on the market that you can replace him with at the moment that's going to, even at a different position, that's going to give you this kind of impact. Brooke Lopez, it's not realistic. It's not an option. Um, in theory, right now with their cap sheet, the Lakers could still drop below the salary cap if they were to not have D'Angelo Russell's cap hold on the books at all and then have the room exception of about $7 million or so, although they're very close to the line there where they may not be able to actually do that. But uh, they could do that. But this is an extremely thin free agent class. If I'm the Lakers, I would much rather... Just work out a deal with D'Angelo Russell, bring him back, then try to go find somebody with $7 million in change as my reward for letting D'Angelo Russell walk away. So I think it makes sense for the Lakers to bring D'Lo back, and I think that's ultimately what will happen. But there is a greater flight risk there because the Lakers don't have the final say. If D'Angelo Russell wakes up tomorrow and goes and signs for the veteran minimum with some team, there's nothing the Lakers can do about it. With Austin, the Lakers have the ability to match. Yeah, I I think... When you look at D'Lo, um, first off, as, as excited as I am about the Gabe Vincent signing, that's with the provisions that he's my backup point guard. I don't know how I feel about Gabe Vincent being my 82-game-per-year starting point guard mm-hmm. for the next three years. D'Lo, regardless of your feelings about him, I feel a lot more confident about that, right? Um, and then really quickly look at the teams that have cap space for what he wants, like the the number he wants. The Spurs, like Trevor just mentioned, the Houston Rockets, and that's it. Like the Jazz have a little bit, but the John Collins trade kind of took away a ton of their cap space. Uh, the Pacers make no sense. The Magic at this point don't make any sense. And that's about it, right? So... Like you said, I think both parties still need each other to a certain extent. 
I think at the end of the day, we're still probably going to see something um, work out between the two. Because mm-hmm. like you mentioned, I think D'Lo, unless he wants to get lowballed by somebody, I think D'Lo, it makes just makes so much sense for D'Lo to bite the bullet now and say, hey, I don't know, maybe I'm taking a $6 million pay cut or whatever to what I really want. Mm-hmm. But let's do a two-year deal and get me out of this contract. Maybe that's like very bad wording, but let me get out of this contract a bit earlier and then just retest the market and get a bigger bag then. I just think it makes the most sense, especially like you said, in a dry free agent class from like the guys available and the cap space available amongst teams. Well, And the Lakers, if they do have the leverage right now in this negotiation with D'Angelo Russell, um, it would make sense that this would kind of get dragged out a little bit because, I mean, if the offer is is a little bit sharky from the Lakers, D'Lo is probably not going to accept that right away. Now, you got to be careful, right? You don't want to make him super upset and frustrated and all that. And, you know, you don't want him to go into, well, fine, screw you then. I'm going to go sign over here for the mid-level exception for a year, and then I'll be a free agent. You guys are losing me for nothing. So you got to be careful you don't go too far here if you're the Lakers. But I do think the opportunity is there for them to kind of squeeze D'Angelo Russell a little bit and try to get a very team-friendly deal. And if you get the, the salary low enough, potentially you could turn back to Malik Beasley, who is a Rob Palenka favorite, and bring him back in the fold using his bird rights. In fact, let's let's take a look at where this, how this is all looking right now for the Lakers. So here's what I'm at. Uh, this is just simple salary cap. Some of these are estimates. Like I've got Max Lewis at a million bucks. That's just a rough estimate. Austin Reeves is, uh, it's actually going to be like 12.4 million. I've got a minute, just 12 million there on this sheet. Um, and I've got D'Angelo Russell penciled in at $20 million. Now, obviously, if D'Lo doesn't return, that opens up a roster spot and everything. But right now, I'm figuring the Lakers will keep 14 players on the roster. And so with these salaries in place, this Lakers team right now would be at a total of about 161, almost $162 million. That's what they're what they're looking at. So We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com With that much on, on the books, you're at a hard cap of $172 million because you used your mid-level exception and your biannual exception. You used those on Gabe Vincent. You used that on Torian Prince. So the Lakers, that means they have $10 million roughly underneath the hard cap and you have three roster spots to fill at least. You could fill four roster spots. Perfect. Veteran minimum for three roster spots and you're good. Uh, and you're good. Now, the potential is there if you're only filling three roster spots and you have 10 million bucks. Maybe you could do, hey, Malik Beasley, we're going to give you $4 million and here's $2 million each on the two veteran minimums that you would have left. And then it's Malik Beasley, two veteran minimums. And then you've got like $2 million in wiggle room or so, maybe $3 million. in wiggle room. You want to be a little bit below the hard cap. You know, I see people put together these salaries that are like, $171 million and, and change, right? And the cap is at 172. You need a little bit of room, a little bit of breathing room in case something happens, in case somebody gets hurt. You need to sign somebody on the buyout market or something like that. You yeah. really want to have all of that uh, to play with. So that's something to keep in mind, but it's possible that the Lakers could still be able to bring back Malik Beasley. Mobamba would have to be a veteran minimum guy if they were going to be able to bring him back. But looking at these salaries, the Lakers are in really good shape to stay under that hard cap. Again, maybe and it could be in even better shape if D'Angelo Russell, instead of 20 million, like I have projected here, if he comes in at 17 million, then that gives them even more room to potentially bring back somebody like a Malik Beasley or something, maybe even a Lonnie Walker, although we haven't heard any connection with him. Yeah, um, I think if you two of these players are going to be bigs, like uh, they, they almost have to be, right? T your two vet minimums. Uh, yes, yeah, they would have to be bigs. In fact, let's let's get into that. Let's take a look at that. So, looking at the Lakers and their projected lineup now. Again, I'm penciling in D'Angelo Russell here. I've got the five positions. Uh, penciling in D'Angelo Russell, starting at point guard. I know he doesn't like being called a point guard, but let's call him a point guard here. Uh, Austin Reeves at the two, LeBron at the three, Rui Hachimura at the four, Anthony Davis at the five. Okay? We move forward here. Again, this changes, of course, if D'Angelo Russell does not come back. Uh, Gabe Vincent is your backup point guard. Max Christie is your backup two guard. I've got uh, Torian Prince backing up LeBron at the three. And then you've got uh, Jared Vanderbilt backing up Rui at the four. I didn't put Cam Reddish in here, so let's throw him up as a backup four. Let's call him uh, JHS, Jalen Huchifino, the rookie, as your third string point guard in this situation. And then your two backup two guard is open right now. Uh, maybe that's Beasley. Maybe he comes in. And then Max Lewis is your third string three. 
Cam Reddish is your third string four, and you don't have a backup center. So looking at what they've got here, 11 roster spots filled, and it's pretty clear they need probably not one big, probably two. If there's three spots left you're going to fill, probably two bigs, and maybe maybe it's Malik Beasley as your third player there. Yeah. Um, the question is, which the, which bigs are they? Like, I, Mo Bamba, for a vet man, I'm not against it at all. I'm very curious what his market is. Um, do you bring Wenyan back? Honestly, I another one Batman. I guess I would be opposed to it. There's just not a whole bunch of like begging we can do or whatever because the resources we have to get a big at this point aren't very like large. You don't have a ton of resources. Deal. It's only a better minimum unless you're making a trade, um, which then gets a little bit more complicated. And the bigs out there, like it's what Mo Bamba, it's mm-hmm. uh, Wendy and Gabriel. Do you try Tristan Thompson for extended run, not just in an elimination game in the playoffs? Um, do you try to, I don't know, somehow work a miracle and <laughs> Mason Plumley comes for the veteran minimum? <laughs> um, Jackson Hayes, veteran. Like, there, there's just not a ton of options. Those are honestly, without yeah. looking at the market, your top options right there. So, well, and according to, to Yovan, Mobamba does have interest in staying with the Lakers. And so that. That could be really your option there. It could be Mo Bamba. But there's not, there's just, there's not a lot on the center market. Like people are asking, well, what about Mason Plumley? You're not getting him for a minimum. That's the problem. The Lakers on the center market, all they're going to be able to use is veteran minimums. So, like you said, Sean, you listed out a lot of guys. Like, who are you most comfortable with out of those players that you could realistically get for a veteran minimum? Yeah. And at that point, like you just probably bring Mo back. Right. Or Wenyan. So, like, honestly, yeah, and this is not what anybody wants to hear, but your best option might truly just be, hey, Mo, hey, Wendy, let's run it back. Like, that's probably your best option right now. You know what I think I'd do if I'm the Lakers? If 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 you could do this, I bring in Mo. The problem is Mo, to me, is still an unknown. I don't know what I'm going to get out of him. I don't can can he be my consistent night in night out bas- backup? I don't know. Right? He got hurt. We didn't get to see that much of him. Some of that is the Lakers' fault too for not utilizing him, but I don't know. I don't have certainty. Right? So if I'm the Lakers, I'm bringing I, I want two true centers that I can bring in cuz I look at my power forward rotation. LeBron can play power forward, Torian Prince can play power forward, Vando can, Rui can. Hell, AD can. Doesn't look like the Lakers are going to go that route, but AD could. I, I feel okay there. I want two true centers that I can add to this list. If Mo Bamba is one of them, I'm going to go one of two ways. I'm either going to go for a known commodity, somebody I know is just a big physical player, right? Who knows? Maybe you get Robin Lopez instead of Brooke Lopez. Mm. Um, Alex Len. That's a name out there. You, you know what one. you're you know what you're getting, right? You're not going to get Christian Wood, um, Bismack Biombo, right? Somebody just a known quality, or, or, if you could get him, Sean, do you roll the dice and do you say Jackson Hayes, young? And that was the name I talked about. Yep. Yeah, young, super bouncy, 
And do you just hope that between Jackson Hayes and Mo Bamba, two bigs where you're not 100% sure that you're going to get a consistent performance out of them, but you hope that the ceiling between both of them is higher than what the guys were talking about, the Jock Landales of the world, and you just gamble that one of them will emerge as your consistent performer. Did Jock Landale go back to Phoenix? Uh, no, they cut him loose and they went and they signed uh, Drew Eubanks. Ah, gotcha. Um, I think you would just have to choose between Jackson Hayes and Mo Bomb. I don't think you go a route where you do both. I agree. I think, I think have, that, I don't yeah. think they roll the dice. Like what I'm, it's, it's fun to say that, but I don't think they do it. Yeah. I think you have to choose between one and then you do, uh, you go and get the known commodity. Like you said, an Alex Lund, a name that I don't mind. Like if we're being completely honest, we'll be looking at this like rotation, I suppose that Trevor put together, we're asking a dude to come in and play eight minutes, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. We get to the playoffs six minutes. You're not asking them to do much at all. You're asking for a dude to come in, give you some chippy minutes for eight to 10 minutes, rebound, protect the rim at an okay rate. I think that's like an Alex one. I think yep. that's maybe like a Bismack beyond, but I think it's one of those guys. And then you make your decision on, Okay, cool. Mo Bamba, let's bring you back in and let's see. Because again, I think Mo Bamba, in theory, still makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is that theory hasn't been proven correct yet. And having him as your only legitimate option as the backup is a little bit scary. But Mo Bamba plus like an Alex Len, mm-hmm. then I feel all right. Because it's like, okay, Mo Bamba, you don't play well. Very similar to the Cam Reddish thing, where it's like, Cam Rush has to play well. Okay, cool. We have other options. Mo Bamba does to play well. It's okay, Alex Lem. This backup job is yours. There's nobody else to take it from you. And I think that's the way you go. And let, let's also not forget that this outcome right now, the way free agency has played out, Colin Castleton is looking very smart for his decision to go to the Lakers because there's opportunity here. The way they're not getting a $10 million center. They're not getting a $20 million center. They're not getting a mid-level center. They're not even getting a taxpayer mid-level center. The Lakers are... Colin Castleton, who is a undrafted free agent, it's still not likely that he's going to become the guy to get the minutes in the rotation. But what he's going to have to beat out to potentially get that job is veteran minimum, guys. Yeah. You can't ask for a better situation as an undrafted free agent. And again, like like we just said, you're asking him to come in and play eight to ten minutes. And for being completely honest, we want to put things in theory. Colin Castleton might be the better scheme fit than both of those guys, especially mm. defensively. Like defensively, elite drop coverage, big with like crazy uh, rim protecting, not just shot blocking, but rim protecting upside. Darvin Ham, hello. Like, that's what he wants defensively. That's mm-hmm. what the coaching staff wants defensively. And then how much more creative you can get offensively with the engines that he can initiate as a passer. Um, my only thing is if he's comes in and he's a legit pick and pop threat, then cool. I'm sold. I would actually even I would try it out. Go ahead. Colin Castle say go compete with Mo Bomb and Alex Len. It's doing summer league. That's where you Trump. get the first glimpse at it. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, I just don't know if he has a consistent way to score right now. Yeah. But boy, I hope we go to summer league, which is crazy. That's like a week away now. Uh, California Classic starts what in Monday, Tuesday? Yeah, like, like two days. Yeah. Up. So yeah. we get to see that soon. I pray that happens. A Con Castleton either is like has an elite post bag now or shows up going five for seven from three like six blocks and seven assists those, those stats are obviously exaggerated but still man i i really do like colin castleton i'm glad that you brought him up all right well that's where things stand for the lakers so again the the order of business now it's figure out what's going to happen with austin reeves whether you're matching an offer whether you're negotiating directly uh d'angelo russell getting that taken care of and then you need to add some bigs to this roster um and this is this is what you got and you know what if we're really looking at this if delo is back and the lakers have which i think is fairly likely and the lakers have three roster spots to fill it wouldn't shock me if two of those three are mo bamba and malik beasley it, that really could be the world that we're living in mo bamba malik beasley random big maybe it's alex len Whoever it is, another big, and that's the team. And then we're talking about basically last year's team with new additions in Gabe Vincent, uh, Torian Prince, Cam Reddish, whoever that nameless big is, and then the rookies. That would be the Lakers' mission accomplished, right? Doing exactly what they said they were going to do. Make moves around the margins, nothing big or too flashy, and off you go. That would be... Such great asset management, dude. If you are able to say Mo Bamba, Malik Beasley, and Chad Harrison, we're going to waive slash decline that $20.5 million so that we can use that money to get Gabe Benson, Torian Prince. Oh, but wait, we're going to still bring you back at the end of the day for a way cheaper contract mm-hmm. in, in price. Man, shout out to Rob Plink if that does happen. Either way, I think it's a great job. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, a good first day of free agency. Of course, we will keep you informed on everything going on in the world of the Lakers over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Make sure you do subscribe there. Turn on those notifications. And of course, right here on the Lakers Nation podcast as well. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts, we're going to keep getting you all the info we can on the Lakers, what they're going to be doing. Uh, they did a lot here. Still a lot of work to do. But this roster, it is rounding into shape few more moves and we could have a really good sense of exactly what the Lakers team is going to look like for this next season. But Sean, this is a great first day. I'm exhausted, but gotta love it. Gotta love it. Thanks for coming on here. Yeah, of course, man. So fun. I'm glad I got to get on some of the free agency action. (laughs) That's right. That's right. All right, everybody till next time. See ya and stay safe.